Who am I? Why am I here? I don't know. I don't know. That is the question we always find ourselves asking on this Andy and Amanda program. Hi, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time it might be. In your corner of the world, we're here in our Los Angeles studios on the Coast to Coast show, the Andy and Amanda show. Amanda will be joining us, I think. Pretty sure she'll be here. Let's wake her up. Well, you should wake me up. It's 5 o'clock. It hurt. It's happy hour where she is there in the U.K., Hey, everybody, how are we doing? It's another week on the Andy Amanda Show. A lot of fun stuff going to happen this week. A lot of interesting guests. We're going to have an interesting guest joining us momentarily here on this Monday. I would say Monday morning. So it's Monday morning for me. It's not, you know, whatever time it is for you, so be it. A lot of news to discuss today. A lot of things happened over the weekend, and uh, we're going to touch on a lot of it as much as we can get to anyway. And remember, we do not report the news on this show. We comment on what other people are reporting of the news, and we try to investigate that news to the extent that we can to find out what the source is and talk about whether that is of any merit uh, or not and comment accordingly. That's what we've had a lot of fun doing here on the show and will continue to do. And I want to uh, start uh, today actually by um, uh, talking about something that I recently came across, um, uh, which was a New York Times story uh, by a uh, an author by the name of um, Shane Goldmarker, and what Shane wrote was um, a story regarding his investigation that shows scores of former President Trump supporters unknowingly donated a lot of money to his campaign, much more than they wanted to. Um, they thought they might have signed up to send a single small order donation, like, you know, on your on your ATM card, your credit card, you know, you, you call up, you say, hey, I'll, I'll donate uh, whatever, or you get online, usually online, and you, and you donate to, who, you know, whatever the case or cause or political um, operative may be, uh, and um, thinking that that'll be charged to your credit card, and you'll get a bill for whatever you contributed, and that'll be the end of it. But however, the individuals that, that contributed to the Trump campaign saw thousands and thousands of dollars siphoned from their accounts. You know, the story is another big one in regards to the uh, character of Trump and his campaign. I mean, in in this respect, uh, for example, a poor guy who is in hospice, and we all know what what hospice is, who wanted to contribute to Donald Trump, was thinking, um, I really wanted to help this guy, Donald Trump. That was his, you know, the the candidate for president that he wanted to support. And the uh, guy wanted to take part in the election by by contributing. Uh, But suddenly... More and more money kept getting withdrawn. He didn't know what to do. And this story was repeated time and time again, people having to shut down their bank accounts, people having to shut down their credit card, people having to, you know, all the money siphoned out by the Trump campaign. Um, and, uh, and what we find now is um, Trump campaign having to refund uh, these, this money. Now, now, in all fairness, some of this happened on the uh, – on the Biden side as well, uh, but um, 2%, 2% factor in the Trump campaign, it was 10%, and that's a huge, huge difference. Let's hear from the reporter who broke this story, Shane Goldmarker, uh, New York Times. The center of this is the fact that the Trump campaign last fall, while facing their own financial hardships, began pre-checking boxes to start withdrawing donations from their supporters every single week until the election. 
And at one point, as the election year, they actually extend, extended the date to December 14th, to weeks beyond the election. And so for their supporters, these pre-checked boxes meant that you had to wade through a bunch of fine print. And by the way, that fine print became longer and more complicated as those finances worsened for the Trump campaign. Uh, and if you didn't uncheck those boxes, you were opted in. Uh, and that kind of design, which critics have called dark patterns, entrapped tons of supporters of President Trump. And you can see it based on a few things. A, there are the individuals impacted, which is, you know, their stories can be really heartbreaking. Uh, but at scale, uh, at the end of the campaign, or at the end of last year, rather, the Trump operation, so all their political committees, including with the Republican National Committee, had refunded more than 10% of every dollar that they had raised online through this website called WinRed, uh, which is the donation processor for the Republican Party. 10% of every dollar they raised, that added up to more than $122 million. And to compare, the Biden operation had a refund rate of about 2.2%. So it's not even close to each other. Uh, and that rate was even higher at the end when they did these pre-check boxes every week. You saw this massive refund rate. There was a surge of phone calls to credit card companies where people said, I'm a victim of fraud. I don't know what happened here. Why, why, is, why is WinRed at the Trump campaign taking money out of my account every seven days? I, you know, people get their credit card bill a month later and they see, you know, if they give $200, they see six <laughs> charges. It's $1,200. Or if you gave $20 three times, you see 15 charges on your credit card. So all these supporters of the president who had these donations recurred every week this money went right into the Trump campaign's bank account. And again, they were struggling financially in October. They had millions of dollars more in television ads booked entering that last month than they had dollars on hand. Now, after the election, they began refunding more and more of these money. People got their credit card bill. Let's say you were opted into this every week thing at the beginning of October. You got your credit card bill in early November. You say, hey, what is this? You'd call, you'd ask for a refund. And in fairness, the WinRed and the Trump campaign did, for the most part, give people refunds when they asked for them. Uh, but when they did, that meant a bunch of money coming back out of the, the Trump campaign coffers. So if you look after Election Day, while the president was making these charges, these unfounded charges that this election was stolen from him, he was raising tens of millions of dollars from his supporters. More, far more of that money went to paying off refunds than it did to the legal fight that he was engaged in in November and December. And that's a, that's a big deal, right? This is how his supporters were told to give money after the election, and this is how it was actually spent. And we all know, or if we didn't know, we know now that uh, much of the funds that the Trump campaign was soliciting um, for his, um, his operations, his campaign um, a debt, was actually being used to pay his legal defenses in the many lawsuits that he's uh, is actually going to be is battling now and is going to be battling even even more so as we move ahead. And my prediction here on the show, and this isn't this is not you know fact, um, this is my guesstimation that we will start seeing at least one, probably more, but at least one. Uh, Trump indictment as we approach the summer. I think it's going to take a couple of more months, and and mark my word, we'll start seeing that as summer approaches, and it'll be interesting to follow. And of course, we've been following that on the show. Hey, folks, don't go away. Uh, we're going to be right back after this message with a very special guest. So I just want to let you know my uh, 
my partner, my internet wife, as we know, um, who I've never met, her name is Amanda Love, and uh, she's going to be joining us. She's trying to join us. We connect on this show uh, over the internet, and there's some uh, uh, technical issues with that connection right now that she's trying to resolve, and I do hope she makes it on the program. We'll stand by and, uh, and welcome her aboard as soon as these issues become remedied, and hopefully they will uh, soon. But in the meantime, what we're going to do is uh, – I'm so excited about this. We're going to bring on a very special guest from the recording music production industry. And as we all know, Amanda and I are both uh, – our real jobs are full-time musicians. That's what we actually do for a living, and this is uh, this program has become um, – I guess it's become a job to an extent. This is this is episode number three hundred and something rather. But anyway, um, so whenever we get the opportunity to have a conversation with a professional in the music industry, as we have in the past, we're real excited about it because that's what we really do for a job. You, we all know that, right? Okay. Um, so anyway, we're going to be right back after this message. Don't touch that dial. <laughs> Dear Mainland, aloha. My brother and I keep hearing about your fear of missing out, FOMO. Running this way and that to try and do every little thing. Maybe you don't worry about FOMO. Instead, maybe you try a little slow-mo with a cold cone of beer. Brother, you get FOMO. No more. One life, right? Don't blow it. Mahalo. And we're back. Kona beer, that is, that is our beer of... Uh, of of choice uh, again. I was introduced to, introduced to it for the first time when uh, doing a music tour, which included some dates in Hawaii and a great concert, by the way, in Hawaii Public Radio. That was a lot of fun. But anyway, the producer over there um, introduced me to Kona Beer, and when I came back to um, to the mainland, I looked for it, and lo and behold, found it at a place called Total Wine. They stock it, and Total Wine, I understand, is a national chain that you can get. I'm sure you can get other places, but wine does carry Kona beer, and I highly recommend it if you haven't tried it yet. Anyway, Max, are you with us? I sure am. Welcome aboard. Hello. Welcome aboard the Andy and Amanda show. We remind us Amanda right now, but but we, you know, she is trying to join the program. Hopefully, she will be joining us. But I want to welcome you to Coast to Coast and the Andy and Amanda Show. You're calling in from uh, from Philadelphia, am I right? That is correct, from Philadelphia. Yep. Terrific, Max. Tell us. You know, uh, I saw. I know uh, Cornell Butler, who's our the show coordinator here, uh, got hold of you, and you've been talking and and uh, made the connection to get you on our program. Uh, Tell us. I mean, I saw some of your bio and some of the products that you've been involved with and some of the folks that you've produced and your recording and a lot of really exciting, great stuff going on. Uh, talk to us about it. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. It's an honor to be uh, with you guys, uh, with, uh, as you mentioned, fellow, fellow uh, musicians, colleagues, so to speak. Um, yeah, so I'm a, I'm a music, uh, music producer, a record producer from Philadelphia. I've been doing it for quite a while, quite a while at this point. Uh, I'm going on, I want to say 15 years or so. Uh, actually, if you include, you know, school, college to get to become yeah. even more. Um, hmm. so yeah, I have, uh, I have my own little, uh, studio here in, uh, Center City, Philadelphia. And, uh, I work, uh, I collaborate, I produce, I record, I write songs with uh, many different talented uh, people here in Philadelphia as well as around the world, as well, of course. 
And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, so that's basically what I do. The, uh, oh, you know, do you, you go by your the studio name or your name, your name you go by for, for our listeners if they wanted to look you up and read so, more? And- so, yeah, so my, my producer name is Electric, um, no E at the front and Q at the end instead of a C, so Electric. And it's actually a funny story about that. Uh, 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 a girl group uh, a, a while ago, a uh, girl group uh, com- com- comprised of three teenagers uh, basically gave me that name after they heard my music. So they said, hey, we've got a name for you, Electric. And uh, <laughs> that kind of stuck around. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've been Electric ever since. So how how, is, how have you been um... – coping with the uh, COVID crisis that we've all been dealing with, especially those in the, in the uh, entertainment industry that have been so heavily uh, crippled, if you will, for lack of a better word, uh, by the, uh, this incredible horrific crisis that's been affecting all of us over the last year. How have you been uh, managing with that? How's, I know I'm sure it's affected business. Well, actually, so I've been kind of conflicted about this, and uh, I've been talking to you know my close, close, uh, mm-hmm. close friends. Uh, it's kind of it's uh, for us creatives, and, and a lot of people sort of um, have similar uh, outlook on this. For for us creatives, it's it's been uh, a blessing in disguise, so so to speak. Uh, uh, obviously, it's horrible. We know, and a lot of people died, and people are still sick, and all that. And uh, that, yeah, it's not. Uh, it's not, uh, pretty, but, uh, but I, we, so we creatives, especially studio rats like me, we're always stuck in the studio anyway. So, and then yep. when pandemic hit and we, and we were on lockdown and we couldn't go anywhere. Well, the only thing, place I could be in is, is studio. So I was actually working through the entire, you know, pandemic, just working, not, not, not with, with people per, per se, but, um, just be staying creative and um, you know working on tracks and records and sending stuff to people and people sending ideas to me and so actually been pretty productive so I I, I try not to say that um, sort of uh, out loud too often to, that the, oh pandemic's been great for me it's, it's not like that but so I, I I'm sensitive to other people's you know struggles and whatnot and uh, mm-hmm. but but in terms of just for creative specifically yeah we were just stuck in the studio working anyway. So uh, we, yeah, it's been it's been productive because I did the thing that I know to do, you know, just stay creative. Yeah. So. And, and how would you describe the the, um, the genre of music that you produce for the most part? What what part of the uh, what segment of the music biz would you would you say you participate in? Or do or do you pretty much? Uh, um, you know, do, do a variety of different types of projects. Do you have, do you have a specialty right. type so, of music that you might produce? So actually, yeah. So my, my music tastes are, ever since I was little, I just as a listener, my music tastes are pretty eclectic, and I, I am into many different kinds of music. I'm, I love jazz. I, I like heavy metal. I, I'm mm-hmm. in, you know, dance music is my sort of first love kind of thing, and then I like pop music. So And that kind of translated into uh, my producing sort of endeavors and and I do many different styles and work with different um uh artists and writers from from different genres and uh I, I have been concentrating on top 40 pop music like radio radio music mm-hmm. uh, as of sure. recently but I also mm-hmm. but I also do dance music I, last last year uh um um a, a heavy metal project was released uh well hard rock I should say 
was released mm-hmm. right at the end of the year. Then I had an underground dance track released with one of uh, uh, underground, big underground New York labels. And I had a I had a pop record of my own that was playing on the radio. Uh, uh, so so I'm kind of dabbling in in the actually right now I'm 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 working on a. Uh, somewhat of a folky project, which I know, Andy, you are you are uh, yeah. um, uh, not uh, you know not a stranger right. to, to folk, right? So so yeah. so I'm working on on something like that right now. So so kind of it's kind of all over the place, but yeah, as I said, may, my main focus has been uh, pop music, uh, radio, top forty type uh, music. How much would you say, uh, Max? How much would you? What percent or or, or, or to what degree? Do you find now um, with uh, you know computers and software and automation, uh, what do you find in production from as far as what you do? You know, I first started recording as a studio session musician in the early '80s, very early in the '80s, '81, '82. Uh, I was wow. a keyboard <laughs> player and a guitar player. Um, and, and I'm from Philadelphia. I don't know if Cornell t- told you that. Oh, I didn't originally. know that. I actually didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, I'm wow. from Philly. Yeah, I, as a matter of fact, uh, uh, Cornell told me that you were at one time with um, Milkboy uh, Studios or Milkboy Records or whatever I think it was called there in Philly. Am I right? You were, you were you worked with Milkboy, I think. Am I right about that? Well, well, actually, I'm on my studio. My room is on the same floor that Milk Milkboy uh, Studios. That they well, they moved. Maybe when you were still in Philly a while ago, yeah. they were in uh, Ardmore. Well, they yes. moved and uh-huh. jo- they joined forces with Larry Gold. I don't know if you know who Larry Gold is. Yes, of course. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so it's in it's, it's in Senate City. It's Seventh and Callow Hill here, and uh, third floor is where all the studios are. And and uh, Larry Gold's studio is on the third floor. It used to be called the Studio. And uh-huh. uh, Milk Boy, they they moved from Ardmore and they joined forces with Larry Gold. So now Milk Boy is here in Senate City. Oh, so yeah, my, my my studios. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's small world, right? There used to hey be guys. a recording. Hey, Amanda's with us. Hello, oh, Amanda. Hey, hey, guys. How are you both? <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hi. I thought I thought maybe How you were sleep- you? taking siesta. You know, happy hour there. <laughs> siesta. <laughs> you know, that would be wonderful. But you know, I, I, I've been trying to get on here. It's been a connection nightmare. But I'm here. I'm sorry, guys. That I've uh, I've uh, turned up late. But I've been listening to um, what Maxine's been saying. I'm very intrigued by all this, and <laughs> it's lovely to meet you, sweetheart. Oh, it's, it's 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 great to meet you as well. So yeah, glad you finally made it here. So yeah, and it's great to be here too. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, don't let me interrupt the conversation. What were you guys just saying? Yes. Yeah, so so I'm just kind of reminiscing, and you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm from from Philadelphia, and um, and uh, Cornell is from uh, he's down in Delaware now, I guess, and um, none of us. Max have, have met. I've never met Cornell. Amanda's never met Cornell. I never met Amanda. And uh, here we are doing this show and um, over 300 episodes wow. now. And, uh, and none of us have ever met. Um, <laughs> no. Amanda, yeah, Amanda is a uh, producer of some really, you take, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to hear what she's done, but she uh, composes and produces and, and writes words and sings and, um, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, awesome. of I think, MIDI and you know I mean it's really I hear what she does and I'm like my goodness uh, I you know I I, 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 I strum the acoustic I strum the yeah, it's true really good stuff I strum the acoustic guitar and sing kumbaya you know what I'm saying but um yeah um, you know, I, I <laughs> but <laughs> and Max has had to deal with that in the studio I'm sure as well as the, the oh, orchestrated yeah. work um I I used to produce I don't know if you remember a place called oh no what I was saying before I'm sorry um 
but in the early 80s, um, there was a music studio at Society Hill Towers. Um, it was, um, oh my God, who was the guy? There used to be a music venue down on uh, Sterebin, Dave Sterebin. Oh my God, Danny Sterebin. Um, he had a music venue on South Street called Stars, S-T-A-R-Z, and his brother, um, do I have him mixed up, Dave and Danny? Whichever. Anyway, one of them had a music studio, and uh, and I was playing guitar. I was a pilot at the time, really. I mean, you know, but I played guitar on the side as a as a not even just for fun, but played all over the place right. for fun. I, my, my career was in aviation, and a uh, you know one one thing led to another. I met some uh, singer songwriters, and they heard me play and say, "Hey, I'm doing a record. Would you come in and and play some uh, guitar for me?" And I'd go to the studio and I bang the piano, the amazing Yamaha Studio Grand Piano, and I bang on that, just hanging around the studio. And they said, "Oh my God, Andy, you play piano?" I'm like, "Yeah, well, you got to add some keyboard to these songs too." And then I started doing some keyboard and guitar. Uh, session work in the, in the studio, but they had these big, thick reels of tape back then. Like, what was it, three-quarter inch or one inch or something? You know more than I. Two, um, usually, two, usually two inch, but... but uh, two inch, there you go. Two, yeah, it was two inch. Two inch. That's yeah. what it was, two, two inch tape, yeah. And I remember the sound of, like, how you know, how they rewind to punch in and... I'd, you know, but now, now, uh, you know, they have Pro Tools and all these things, and I, I even do some... Uh, uh, track recording um, in my studio just to kind of put down some ideas using. Uh, I mean, what do I use? Um, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Leave it to my wife, um, <laughs> who I've never met. Studio Studio One, that's right, Studio One. I just upgraded to uh, recently to version five of that. Kind of cool. I I don't really know how to use it. I just push record and play the guitar, but. Um, but I know a lot of people use Pro Tools and Logic and all these the software yeah, and, yeah. and loops and effects and drums and and MIDI and it, you know unbelievable. Do you find yourself using a lot of that in, in your in your production, your recording? Do you kind of hit okay? Let me see what I can do to this tune and accentuate and emphasize certain parts and add A and add B and so forth, or or is it pretty much all live oh, recording? No, absolutely. So basically, I actually joke with people when they say, what do I play? I, I tell them I, my, my instrument is computer. I actually, it's all about the computer for me. Uh, in terms of, well, in terms of putting the records together, right? Obviously, obviously I work with, with musicians and, and people and talented people that come in and play live and bass and, and all that stuff. But, but in the computer, I'm like, I, I used to use uh, Pro Tools exclusively for like 10 years. Then I switched to Logic and I've been using Logic and, and, uh, and, uh, the the two even even um, I'm sure you know who Dave Pensado is. I, I don't know if, I don't know if you know, uh, but he, he has, yeah. you know he's a prolific mm-hmm. prolific sure. engineer and producer and mm-hmm. and whatnot. And he's he himself is saying that uh, right now is like the best time to be in in music because the tools that we have are mm-hmm. just unbelievable. The things we can do right now is is just unbelievable in terms. I agree with that. I personally. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I personally exactly right. So, and I personally think right now, in terms of sonically and the way records are put together, I think they yeah. sound the best they ever sounded. I mean, it's all I know. It's all arguable and so you know relative mm-hmm. to taste and yeah. stuff like that. But in yeah. terms of sonically and the sheer uh, richness and 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 the editing of stuff is just so, it's, it's it's like movies as well right so movies yeah. nowadays they're so precisely edited and the computer graphics are so crazy right so it's similar i i i think of music in similar sort of uh terms i'm like i'm like now music just sounds incredible and then the records that are coming out are just uh, amazing 
So yeah, so I I look at the you know glass half being half full. Music is great. I know some you know opinions are different, but uh, that's that's where I stand on this. You know. I agree with yeah. that actually, sweetheart. Definitely. I mean, uh, for myself, um, I've I've been introduced as a like four or five years old. I wanted to write songs from that early age. So, uh, growing up, we've listened to my parents playing vinyl records and stuff like that. Hearing how far music has come and transformed, and like you said, the clarity that we have now and the, the things we're able to create um, and add effect to is absolutely stunning. Yeah, it's great to go back and listen to vinyl and how it was produced back then. It has its own unique magic, but the the clarity and the magic that we have now with everything that we can produce is absolutely stunning. I love it. Yeah, mind-blowing. Uh, yeah. yeah, I get on board completely with what you're saying there. What's your thoughts, Andy? Yeah, my it's, it's kind of uh, interesting. When I first um, started playing, which I, I fell into a music career totally by accident. I never had an intention of ever playing music for a career, uh, mm. to even ever make money doing it. I'm never – nothing I, – I, I'm playing – I started playing guitar and piano when I was seven or eight years old. I was in my first yeah. band at 11. And, and I've always played, always played, you know, just in, in bands and, and, and was down in Florida, you know, playing bluegrass and country and folk and playing Rolling Stones and 70s tribute bands and, and Jersey Shore bands, you know, the, you know the, the, the Margate scene, Washington Avenue down, you know, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Down, yeah. the, down the shore. I was part of that. And, yeah. you know, David Bowie, Mutt the Hoople, the Who's, Rolling Stones, you know, my Gibson Les Paul custom. And um, I always thought that folk music was when, uh, you know, you go to a folk festival, I envisioned 5,000 people uh, holding hands and singing Kumbaya, and it wasn't my scene. <laughs> I'd go back to playing, you know, Mick Jagger and the Stones and, and Keith yeah. uh, Richards, and that's what I was into. And um, slowly but surely, uh, it was an awakening. I figured, oh, my God, this this is music. You know, it's you know, acoustic Americana roots blues. So this is where everything comes from. Everything comes from the blues. Everything comes from, from, from gospel roots and Americana music. And that's what I got into with an acoustic edge and uh, been doing it ever since. But what happened when I first got into music, um, a, a guy who I'd known for a while, we used to uh, an amazingly talented harmonica player, um, guy named Kyle Ober. He was a high school classmate of mine. He wouldn't. He was. He still is. He's a high school classmate of mine. And uh, we used to cut class at Lower Marine High School in Ardmore. That's where I went to high school. And we'd sit in the hallways and jam on guitar and harmonica. And uh, we became quite an item, the two of us. You know, it was like <laughs> we'd sit yeah. in the hallways and yeah. we'd play. When mm-hmm. people in class, Kyle and I are out there playing the blues. You know, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I made it through high school. That's another story. But anyway, uh, but um, so uh, one thing led to another, and Kyle, you know, we stayed in touch and, heard, you know, heard me. I, I started my career by, you know, playing in open mic, uh, sponsored by Sam Adams Beer, and one of the owners of Sam Adams Beer saw me play, uh, sponsored me, offered me uh, uh, paychecks, and, you know, I never looked back. And um, so Kyle... Uh, took me to New York and started playing. I started playing all the places in the village. And I was playing a lot. I mean, I was playing a lot. And I didn't know any songs, by the way. When I said I was playing a lot, I had to make up everything I did every show because I didn't know, I didn't know any words. I, I never sang, you know. Yeah. I, I was a guitar player. So here I am, you know, being a solo act, you know, having to do two or three sets at a club and thinking, what the hell am I going to do? Because, uh, you know, if I know seven songs, that's a lot. And, um, and I started making stuff up, just getting on stage and making it up, you know, and... Uh, um, so, uh, then I was introduced by, to a record producer, uh, by a guy named Andrew Comis, who's actually quite well, or was 
quite well known, and I found out just um, you know a year or so ago that Andrew had passed away, uh, way too young, way too young. But what he did, he had a company called uh, called First Choice Records, which was an affiliate of Sony Music, and what he used to do is produce um, music for dance clubs in the UK. Amanda, your neck of the woods. Oh, right. Really? Yeah, he used to right. And it was now. Here's the thing. So, so Andrew heard me play. Uh, they came into a show, and he walked up to me and, and asked me who you're recording with. And at the time, I wasn't mm-hmm. doing this seriously. And I'm like, who am I recording with? And he said, Yeah, what are you with the label? I'm assuming. And I'm like, uh, No, uh, no, I don't. I, co- I record on my tape deck on my my Sony Walkman. That's about it. Oh, well, listen, I want you to come down to our office in Soho and on Tuesday, and one thing led to another, and I got a record deal with this First Choice Music, which was an affiliate of Sony. And for me, you know, not I'm like, what? You know, huh? <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So I walk in the studio, which is down in Soho, and, and the guy uh, came up to me, and, you know, I, go, I'm, I show up with the guitar, and a couple of other people from Philadelphia came up and joined me there, and and I walked, he looked down at this tall guy, he's a tall dude, he looked down at me with my guitar cases and said, uh, oh, you play live. And I'm like, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, you got to sit here and wait a while. They had 23 keyboards in the studio, he never recorded anybody live. He was all DJ, really? all hip DJ music for, for dance clubs. You know, it was all produced. All right. So, yeah. And they did, a, they did a really, really amazing, I couldn't believe they did it, but I was my first, and I've never, as a, Performer, I've never paid for studio time in my entire life, my entire career. I've, people pick me up. I've been with labels, and produ- producers would say, "Hey, I want, can you do? I'd love to bring you in. Let's, let's do a demo, Andy. Let's do this." And I, I just—it's been a—that's uh, the kind of career it's been for me. So whenever I meet people who do what you do in the studio, and I'm I just not—you know—again, I pick up G, C, and D and play it different ways, and somehow carve out a living by doing that. And when I see people who really do know the the ins and outs and the people who who work with musicians such as myself and and take that craft and take that artistry and and make it a product that people buy, I'm like you know uh, kudos and and wow what a, what a talent what a, what an ability to be able to to do that just coming from a guy who just strums on the guitar. Um, I'm totally uh, impressed with with how you're able to do what you do and what a what a skill that is. And can you tell our, our listeners? Uh, Maybe um, where they can check out some of the music that you have produced and some things that you've done and artists that you've worked with. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I have a website which is uh, basically electric dot com, l e c t r i q dot com that I've worked on recently there, uh, as well as uh, I have a lot of music uh, on uh, Spotify and Apple Music under my uh, both under my producer name electric and also under my first last name as well actually i've been releasing a lot of dance music past 10 years and in dance music for some reason a lot of people just go by their first last name i'm i'm not sure even if it's like a made-up thing but it's always like a first even if it's like a pseudonym right uh, yeah, so it's Maxim yeah. Laskave. Yeah, in dance music somehow that's how that works. I'm not. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> so it's Maxim Laskave. Right, exactly. Uh, it's so it's M M A X I M first name like the magazine and Laskave is L A S K A V Y. I have a lot of tech house, deep house, like underground stuff that's that's been playing in in you know, clubs everywhere. So that's, that's, uh, that's where I'm, there you can find me. 
I uh, was checking out your music on your website. It's really, really good. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're Thank welcome. You I noticed from, uh, that you were... Uh, sorry, go on, sweetheart. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I noticed that you were um, doing some um, heavy metal stuff as well. That's quite impressive. Yeah, it's more hard rock. It's kind of borderline heavy metal, but yeah, right. uh, yeah. I have an artist. Uh, yeah, I have an artist here. I've been working with for a while. He was in a pretty, pretty like decently big band uh, in the eighties, Nitro from the early eighties. Yeah. And they had. They, I don't know if you. So not the glam Nitro from uh, um, from LA. It's the mm. it's the heavy metal uh, new wave of. Uh, 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 British heavy metal—that's what they were calling themselves in—in—in yeah. in, uh, in, in PA, right? So they had a—they had a um, uh, album out, and they, they had a following, and they were charting. Anyway, so that—that that was in the '80s, and now the main guy that was, uh, yeah, the main guy, the original one of the original uh, members, he's doing his solo thing right now, and then we released the first album. Now we're working on a uh, a more acoustic-y. Uh, EP right now, and then yeah. the next follow-up album is going to come out. So yeah, it's a uh, hard rock with a lot of guitars and lo- everything live, drums Amazing. and all all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. I mean, it's, you know, you get a, a lot of producers that kind of stick to several genres or just one even. But when you you get someone like yourself who um, is pushing the boundaries to see what you creatively can do, that I, I love that. I admire that, um, and I think that's a beautiful thing about the whole art and creation of music for myself especially you know i love uh, mixing it up and um playing with with what works and, and what sounds great and what is, what, is, what is different what can what can inspire what can make you feel different and um you know i think in being a producer or even a songwriter or just a musician to try and push your own boundaries to see what you're capable of is such a beautiful thing and is is that the kind of is that the kind of um, thing that you're trying to achieve? Do you, are you trying to um, move into different genres of music? Yeah, well, so as I was saying a little earlier, yeah, I, my, 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 as a listener, my musical tastes are very eclectic. So and that kind of spills over into my work, into my creative endeavors. And yeah. also I kind, of get, I kind of get a little bored with just one things yeah. so to speak like I love yeah. like I love dance music like my dance music is my first love I love trance house techno like I love it all but yeah. if I'm if I'm gonna make dance music four on the floor you know that kick drum four on the floor like months months on end I would get really bored and so I need yeah. to switch switch it up I need to do something else for myself so I so I, I need to do that incorporate that actually and, and a lot of times that's why I kind of gravitate towards pop music to be honest because it kind of pop music is kind of a an amalgamation of of all these different yeah. genres right and yeah, and, and that's to me yeah and to me it's like you never know like kind of at least the way I work I, I never really know where I'm going to end up when I'm working on a track I have a rough yeah. idea don't get me wrong but then but yeah. it kind of takes me and I let, I let it take me right and and it, and that keeps me it keeps it interesting and and it, I don't get bored as quickly with 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 pop music but then overall, also, I, I stray away from pop music and I go folk, you know, rock, you know, yeah. dance music. And, and that keeps it going, keeps keeps you creative and keeps you inspired, right? So that's... It's that's, a beautiful um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, that's, that's you awesome. Know, 
Uh, uh, Max, if you'd like, um, you should forward us some tunes, um, and we'd be glad to uh, to uh, play, you know, a couple of tracks here on the show. I sort of thought of that uh, previously. Would have we'd have had them on this show if I could have done so. But hey, you know. But still, uh, you should send us anything you care to, um, MP3 file, and we'd be glad to. Um, to play some of your tunes here on the show. We were, we were incorporating, uh, for a period of time, we were incorporating uh, music, mostly acoustic singer-songwriter stuff, some bands, some Zydeco, some blues. Um, and uh, we were playing some music and what we found over a period of time that, that um, just from our, our numbers that people seem to enjoy, uh, Amanda and I talking about things that we know nothing about more than hearing tunes. So um, that's what we <laughs> continue to do. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> but every once yeah. in a while, we do we do inject some music. We do continue to do that because um, you know we, we are we are both musicians and and hey, you know that's where our passion is, um, along with doing the show, of, of course. course. And, and um, so if you be be you know if you want to go ahead and forward us to, and we'll get you the uh, the email address to do that. Um, send us some of your music and we'll, we'd be glad to incorporate it. And if anybody out there, you know, music producers, musicians, or people who just want to know about the recording and production and, and um, you know, making music, uh, feel free to join the show and be part of our conversation here at the studio. It's 515-605-9888. This is the Andy and Amanda show. Our guest today is Max uh, Lascave, who's a music producer and musician in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and we're welcoming him on board. All right, we are back. We are back, and and through modern technology, through modern technology, we're going to actually be able to to play uh, some of the tunes that Max uh, produced. So, um, give me just a few minutes. No, let me see here. No, um, heck, we don't need a few minutes. I can do it right now. We're going to. Uh, play some tunes and uh, these are produced by Max uh, Lascavi, our guest on this episode of the Andy and Amanda show. This first tune we're going to hear is called Today is the Day. Don't go anywhere. I want you to take a listen to this. Here we go. Today is the day. Cause the day is the day 
Wow. Fabulous work. Let's uh, let's go to our second song. What do you think, folks? Really, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, really. Well deserved. I wish we had more of an audience than that. Fabulous work. Max Lascave is our guest. We're going to hear uh, the next tune here coming up. It's called Denial. Just great. Just great. And uh, we're not done. We're going to get to hear one more. 
And this one's called uh, Tonight is the Night. Tonight is the Night. Again, Max Lascave is our, da- uh, is our guest here on the Andy Man Show, and uh, we're playing some tunes that he uh, put together in his studio, Electric, in, um, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So here is Tonight is the Night. Electric. Let's keep it a secret I can if you can Turn down to a whisper See through to the end Tonight we'll put the world on you For your love, girl, yes, I'm certain Not the surface, but deeper and deeper I just wanna please ya We can keep it a secret so nobody knows Got the key to your heart, so just go with the flow With this feeling forever and ever is so Heavenly ready, get set and let's go Going off your love, not wasting no time Tonight is the night and my life on the line Your love is a drug, I'm addicted, no lie Thank God I'm alive, your body's divine It's like a piece of heaven Made just for you and I We've got the key to enter And we'll do it tonight That feeling Forever, won't know till we try. So let's stop wasting time because tonight is the night. Because tonight is the night. Yeah, tonight is the night. Tonight is the night. Because tonight is the Just really fantastic. Great stuff. Great music. Great production. Great production values and quality. Just amazing. Uh, we're hearing music produced by our guest, Max Lascave, uh, which he put together in the studio, Electric, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And uh, what we'll do is let's jump back into that conversation 
here on the Andy and Amanda show. And uh, I want to thank Max again for coming aboard and sharing that music with us. Really, really enjoying that. And I hope you folks are appreciating it as well. Now back into our show, the Andy and Amanda show. <laughs> the Andy and Amanda show. Did I say that? Mm-mm-mm. The Andy and Amanda show. Get it straight. Get it straight. Don't even know the name of my own program. Okay, here we go, folks. Here. Amanda, how are you doing, by the way, love? How was your weekend? Oh, my weekend was very, very blessed. I can't complain. You know, I, I managed to spend time with the family because of this whole lockdown easing, which was beautiful. We had some food out in the garden and sat around a fire with some lights, and it was oh, I was stunning. How about you? It, you know, I got it. I went out a, a, a couple of times over the weekend. Heard some lot. Oh, did you ever hear of the band called Bad Finger? By any chance, Bad Finger. You remember the that band Bad rings Finger? A bell. Bad finger, a lot of lot of hits, a lot of hits. Uh, I went to this um, place. As a matter of fact, the same place I think I told you about last Monday, where I'd been the preceding Saturday. I went to it again this Saturday. Uh, a place called Patrick's Roadhouse in Santa Monica, and I highly recommend this place, folks. If you're coming to California, it's down on the Pacific Coast Highway in Santa Monica, bordering, um, bordering. Yeah, anyway, on the edge of Santa Monica. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> bordering, bordering another town that escapes me at the moment. But anyway, I heard some. There's a bunch of musicians, jazz musicians, that have never rehearsed. They never played. They got together at this venue and they play every Saturday night. And there's no cover or anything. The patio dining uh, with heaters. It gets a little cool down there. And they are amazing. And the food is incredible. It's, it's uh, you know, it's upscale. Uh, you know, hamburgers and and entrees and things. It's Ooh. amazingly good. And casual, and the music is great. So uh, I went down again for the second Saturday in a row, and I'm going down next Saturday too. Um, and Ooh. to you know, just to go out and and, and yeah. go to yeah. a restaurant and hear live music. Oh my God! Mm. And so anyway, oh. the and they were great. The saxophone player of this band, I mean, they're all amazing. They were amazing. They're just incredible musicians. And, and this is L.A. I mean, what I guess I'm not from L.A. You know, I've only been here a few years, but. I guess that's what you come to expect here. And this is L.A. Um, yeah. You know, you, yeah. you go you go out you go out on the town here on any given night and hear musicians and bands and see performances like you wouldn't see anywhere. I've traveled a lot, as you know, and I, I this is and I spent a lot of time in New York too, which is also whoa. But L.A. is is a couple notches up. I mean, you just wouldn't believe what's here. You just couldn't believe it. Oh, Max, you got to get out here. You haven't been here yet. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. Oh. I have. Oh, I yeah. have. I actually have. I, I have been yeah. to uh, LA and uh, have been to oh, to uh, Santa Monica. I've done, I, I did some yeah. work with uh, the mu- music academy, the Grammy uh, Grammy course. Academy. Wow. So I've wow, uh, yeah. So amazing. you know, yeah. whoa, you know, <laughs> so you know. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the the um, so the there's a couple people you know sitting at a table right in front of the the band and they're you know bands playing about ready to rap. We gave them a big encore and they came back. And said, uh, well, this guy here is a good friend of the band. He's the, uh, I don't know, some of you may know him. I don't remember his name, but he's a lead singer of the band called Badfinger. And I'm, Badfinger, I'm going back to the 70s, a rock and roll band, uh, a lot of hits. And he's going to be singing with the band next Saturday night. And I'm like, wow. So uh, as we got up and left, I went over and introduced myself. And I just complimented the band and say, hey, you know, I play guitar. They say, you do? What do you do? And I say, I play, I play blues. I play folk and blues. Well, why don't you bring a guitar? We, we're looking for a guy to back. You know, we'd love to have you come up on stage, and why don't you come out and join us and play some tunes, and we'll back you up. And I'm like, whoa. Wow. <laughs> I miss those days. That's how things yeah. used to happen for me. That's how things happened in my career. I'm like, whoa. Wow. So, so I don't know if I'm going to do it this Saturday, but uh, uh, 
I'm going to continue to go out and hear them and check them out. <laughs> I missed the uh, first part of you guys talking, so I apologize about that. If I go over anything that you've already discussed, again, I apologize. But, you know, I think back to my passions when I was a kid, like with music and stuff, where it all started for me. What What's your earliest memory for you that you actually thought to yourself, oh, my God, I love music. I want to do this. Oh, okay, it's kind of actually funny funny story about that as well. My okay. earliest memory is actually is actually not not my memory. It's my parents' memory, and they tell oh. me that when I was three, when I yeah, when I was three years old, I I already had a favorite record record, meaning favorite song as well as favorite <laughs> wow. ac- actual record, actually vinyl. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. was three years old, and we we had a we had a pile of vinyls, and and I would you know go through them and pick one specific out and say, hey, play this one. And uh, so, and there was a big, uh, well, I'm from Ukraine originally. So this okay. was a big, uh, this was a song by a big, one of the biggest, probably the biggest Russian pop uh, um, artist. Uh, yeah. And who's still, still alive to this day and everything. And uh, so I had one of her songs be my favorite when I was really young. And then actually okay. 25 plus years later, I've had her daughter in my studio recording with me and uh, oh, recording one of my wow. songs. Yeah, so it was pretty pretty big moment like that. Yeah, it kind of yeah. you know came around full circle. Yeah, it was uh, pretty amazing. That's incredible. Ah, uh, don't you just love it when things like that happen? It's just so moving. Right. Yeah, I know it's like totally. it's like um I had an instant like that um, when I first started uh, this show with the boys. It was a slightly different show back then, and I came on as a guest. I I'm a graphic designer by trade, and I do music as um, a second kind of gig. So. Um, uh huh. I got asked to do the design work for the show, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, great, by Cornell, because I've been friends with him for, like, 16 years. And um, then I became a guest on the show, and then uh, they got me on the show, and I was really enjoying it and stuff. And he said, um, so are you ready to meet um, Romany Malco, who's an actor in the uh, movie 40-Year-Old Virgin? I was like, you're kidding me. He's like, no. I'm like, he's coming on the show. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, you're going to be able to talk to him. It blew my mind because at that point it was so surreal. I, it was one of my favorite movies and he's one of my favorite characters in the movie. And I literally watched that movie three days before Cornell had said anything to me. So it, uh-huh. my, my whole world was like tripping at that point. You know what I mean? I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's What's amazing. going on? What's going on? <laughs> but I love it. That's I absolutely love it. But in, um, in terms of all the music that you do and everything, you know, do you have any um, tips for um, amateur producers that are looking to make it in the industry? Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm still learning myself, right, as we all are or should be anyway. But uh, yeah. uh, definitely, definitely, for specifically, if it's a specifically for producers, yeah. uh, oh, definitely learn an instrument, any, yeah. any kind of instrument, any kind of ac- acoustic or non-digital well, I mean, pianos, you could call it, digi- you know, keyboards and synthesizers, but anything, yeah. any instrument is outside of a computer. Because I know there's a lot of people, as we just talked about, we can we can do all kinds of crazy stuff on the computer and effects, and we can loop yeah. and samples and all kinds of stuff. It's all great. But yeah. having, 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 you know, a, a knowledge and, and, and a relationship with an instrument is just, is just, uh, you can't, you can't replace that. Basically, the best the best producers that I know that I've met and maybe not even haven't even met uh, just that I know of that are that are doing their thing they all play a, an instrument 
It yeah. doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be uh, virtuoso kind of level. It's not really what it's about, but it's about and also it's about playing an instrument and being able to play that instrument with other people. So yes. because when we produce when we produce in even in, even in a computer, right? We make music. We're still trying to make all these different elements talk to each other, right? In in a, yes. it's, it's a dialogue all the time between the vocal and between the guitar and the drums. It's a dialogue. So, but when you're able to have that dialogue uh, in an analog way outside of a computer and you with other people, that that just gives you a a, a different perspective, a, 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 a different sort of knowledge and understanding of how music works and how yes. you know things talk and and sing and whatnot. And and uh, I think that's important. Like for me, looking back right now, I you know I went to school, I went to college. Uh, I have two degrees in music recording technology, you know, all that. So I'm, I have like education. And yeah, actually, yeah. I actually studied in the UK. I studied in, in Cambridge. Oh, so, wow. Uh, one, my, 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 one semester, yes, I lived for, for six months. I lived in, uh, in Cambridge and it was, it was great. Travel to London all the time. So, so wow. I, I studied it, right? So I studied the technology. Yeah. I studied, I studied all that and, and I have an understanding of the, you know, analog signal flow and all that stuff. Uh, and, but, but parallel to the technology, I did study. We also had to study music, actual music, solfege, and all of that stuff, right? Yeah. And uh, and and it, looking back, if I were to go to back to school, I wouldn't even look at the at the technology side of it. I I wouldn't even care. I would go back to studying more music. Music is like infinite. There's so much to learn and so many things to 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 wrap your brain around. And and yeah. so study music and learn learn an instrument. It's paramount. It's it's just you can't replace that that uh, that side of things. Absolutely, I think it, like you said, it really opens up that that creativity within you as well, because then you're able to push the boundaries with with new things, new ideas, and especially if you're working with other artists who come to you and say, okay, so I want this. Can you make it sound like this? Can we can we do this? And I think um, <clears throat> you know, I, a lot of people I see this all over like social media and stuff. You know, these advertisements of people saying you don't need any musical knowledge. Purchase this, buy this pack, you know, we can make songs in a moment. That's great. But again, like you said, I think having that, that relationship with an instrument is such an important thing. And I have no doubt that people can produce some amazing stuff just by using the computer and the, the software that comes along with it. And um, you can, there's no doubt about it. But I think it's important to know that having that musical background in that sense is a very wise and uh profitable thing for your craft and your creation especially um absolutely absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i agree and i really wanted to put that out there because of course like i said i'm seeing it all over social media all the time all these advertisements and i know these these are people just trying to you know help their their product and their way of seeing um how you can go back to basics and still produce stuff that's playing in your head. Because I remember going back years ago, I used to have this frustration when I was younger um, of really creating a song from scratch with every element coming together that I was hearing in my head. And I used to get frustrated that I couldn't get it out, you know. It was one thing getting it out on an on a instrument, but to actually put a whole song together was another another thing it was just unbelievable and then when of course uh computers took off and then you had all the music software that came along with it my world opened up it was incredible and i'll never forget that excitement that i had right. i thought oh my god right it's amazing yeah I can do yeah this. Am- it is amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
was that how it was for you? Did you did you feel feel like that at any point? Well, so so I I, I um I started I went to school uh, for yeah. music engineering, and then after school I uh, uh, got a job in a recording studio, a small recording studio here in Philadelphia. Um, actually, uh, the main engineer there was actually a British guy, which, you know, I have, I have these strange ties to, to England, little, little things here and there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I was, I was, uh, um, uh, I was, uh, working as a, as an engineer recording these bands and artists and, uh, singers and, and, uh, doing all that work, mixing and mastering uh, stuff. Uh, and at some point, it became uh, not enough for me. Uh, I, I, I felt like I, I always worked on, on other people's music, which was great and fun and creative in its own right. But yeah. it, wasn't, it started to become not enough. And I yeah. started to dabble in, I bought a first Mac in like 2000, I forget, 2006 or seven, something like that. And, and, I, and, I, yeah, and I started dabbling in it and, and trying to... You know, look look for sounds and and install some plugins and and you know try to put songs together and mm-hmm. and, and it kind of started to speak to me and I'm, I'm like oh wow I can actually this makes sense to me I can make music yeah. on the computer and record it into it right and then and then from then on it I kind of uh, started to develop myself as a as a producer and learn from other people and work with the other up and comers or whoever was around that 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 was willing to work with me. And and um, and then from then on, basically, I've been doing both ever since. I still engineer, obviously, record, mix, master, all that stuff, and I also produce my own stuff and I collab with a lot of a lot of people. My studio is in a in a, such a great location where there's a lot of other studios and other musicians and creatives around in the same building, and I just collaborate all the time and uh, create records, tracks, songs, and and that's that's where it, how it kind of came to be for me. It's 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 a uh, Sort of, I want to work on. I want to be involved in the creation of the music itself versus just polishing yeah. already created music. You know. Hey Max, is there a studio in outside of Philadelphia? Um, I think it was in Gladwin or Penn Valley called Morning Star. Morning. Morning there Star. Is. I think it's still around. I, I've never, I've never been, I've never been there, but I kept, I know, oh, I keep hearing it. Sort of from time to time, people go there and use it. I never, I never been. I don't, I don't know. If I even know people from there, but yes, Morning Star, yes, I've definitely heard about it. I, I remember them. I'm trying to think of what was. Did you have a band in Philly that used? To, I forget where they recorded. Maybe you know, did you, ever, do you know a guy named Lenny Gordon or Lenny and the Soul Senders? Ring a bell in Philadelphia. Lenny Gordon, that sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. I'm not. Yeah, they. Not used to, quite I forget sure where they recorded. I'm just trying to think. I was never. You know, I did most of my work up in New York, and I didn't really. You know, I just kind of lived in Philly and did everything else elsewhere. No, Philly's a good town. Don't get me wrong. Don't <laughs> I live in Philly, but can we talk? Uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, a lot of history too. A lot of musical history. Oh know, my God, Gamble of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Gamble and Hop Alone is, you know, it's oh man, yeah. So I'll never forget going to um, to Kennedy uh, the Coliseum, not the Coliseum, Kennedy Stadium, I think it was called, where the Army Navy game used to be. Was it Kennedy? Something like that. Uh-huh. But I remember seeing uh, Peter Frampton and Leonard Skinner. Um, and I also went there to see Live Aid. I was at Live Aid. Uh, what was that? Oh, 80, wow. 
Yeah, I was there too. Um, 82 or 85? Wow. 85 Live Aid, yeah. I think. 85. 85. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget uh, uh, you know, Jack Nicholson coming out on stage and uh, 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 Chevy Chase, and it was hot as hell, and Jack Nicholson coming out and saying, We're going to hose you down. And uh, they took fire trucks. <laughs> That was pretty good, wasn't it? We're going to hold yeah, you yeah. down. <laughs> hey, that was bad. You know? You know was... Listen, this is the way it is. It is. You know, it was yeah, bad. I can't yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I encourage And I guess and you have a studio, so so musicians can actually come in and discuss their projects with you. And you can you can take a project from from concept, from somebody's songwriting ideas, whether they're a live musician or whatever they might do, or require some backing and some composition. You're, you're able to take um, somebody's project from idea or just what if they have songs, they need a studio to put some things down and get a demo done. You can do it from A to Z, all in house at your facility. Am I right? A to Z, absolutely. My, I have a, I have a. It's relatively small studio with a vocal booth, um, mm-hmm. so I can, I can do anything but the drums, really. So any, any other kind of instrument, vocal, anything, I can record. And if we do need to do, if we do need to do the uh, big, you know, drum setup, then we go to studio next door and record it there. And then everything else, I can, I can do in my studio. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. You say vocal booth. I, in, um, I was working with the same uh, person who was managing me and getting me a, a slew of gigs. I mean, he was, had me working all over the place, and he repped really high-end recording gear. I mean, his clients were the Philadelphia Orchestra and, and so forth, and real, real – I don't know anything about recording gear. You probably know the names of this gear, but I would have no idea. But really, really high-end things, and he was a manufacturer's rep. Um, and – so he had a studio, which was, you know, the equipment that he had in the studio was, was again, I, would, I wouldn't know. It had dials and switches. That's all I know. So, but he had me come in. And do, <laughs> so I, I'd come in and he did some demos for his own business, but he used me uh, and my guitar work and my music to demo this equipment. So he'd bring me in and said, Andy, can you come in and, and I actually would like not only do a demo, but I want to put some of your tunes out there. And I'm like, Sure. So uh, I came in at the time. My main job outside of being a musician was also uh, being a stay-at-home dad. I had a, you know, a toddler at the time. My first daughter was was born. I was because I was a musician had the had the time to to be with her all day long. When my wife was busy getting her, what was she doing at the time? Getting her doctorate degree, I think, up in New York. So I was there in Philadelphia, really focusing on uh, taking care of my kid and strumming the guitar when I could. So I uh, he I was doing a project there. This is kind of funny. He pulled me in. He says, Andy, you, you know, I hate to hate to bother you, but I messed up on this guitar piece. Can you come in? It'll take you 20 minutes, a half hour. We'll recut it, and I'll send you on your way. And I'm like, sure. So I drove down to Society Hill where the studio was, and I went in and literally took 20 minutes, recut this thing on the guitar. And he had this acoustic guitar of mine, calling of guitars, amazing, amazing, amazing guitars, um, real, real high-end instruments and and if you haven't heard or played a Collins guitar, you need to do so. And they're not available at your uh, Sam Mash Guitar Center type stores. There are high-end instruments available. I'm not sure where in Philly, but um, anyway, Collins guitars. And yes, I do have an artist relationship with them now. And and you know, the reason being is because I played them long before I had this relationship and highly recommend them. Okay, enough of that plug. Um, so he had my Collins guitar mic'd and whatever, and I had this headset on. And it sounded like a god darn orchestra. I mean, it's like a fine cello. It was incredible. So he was finished, and I said, hey, do you mind if I just sit here and, and, and play a little while? 
and the switch came on the booth. Uh, if we can record it, you can play it. I'm like, sure. So I just laid out this real slow, bluesy, flowing blues thing. Just made it up for, I don't know, five minutes or so. And went back into the booth, and we sat down, and we listened to it. We said, wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. All right, so then I disappear, go take care of my kid, do what I do. About two months later, he shows up at a show of mine. I think it was up in Syracuse or somewhere up upstate New York, and... Uh, and we're hanging out after the show, and he said, you driving back to Philly by any chance? And I said, yeah, you know, right down 81, you know, back to Philadelphia. And he said, uh, here, put this in your CD player on the way home. Check it out. See what you think. So I'm driving, like, 3 or 4 in the morning, and I'm driving back down 81 there, and I get tired, and I look down at the seat, and I see the CD he gave me. I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. And I pop it in, and out comes this incredible music production of that little blues guitar piece I did. I can't wait to lose yeah. This is what we call The Red Hot Summer Blues Put in a rap singer by the name of a guy by the name of Street. Uh, the rap group was called Black Street or Black Street Twenty One. Yeah. The guys. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So Joe Stone and uh, Joe was actually one of the originators of um, the rap group called was it Voice to is it Voice Voice to Men. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He was yeah. he was the originator of that of that group and went on to form Black Street. Now he went into the studio. This is this is what I find out later on. He goes to the studio because he's doing a solo, solo project, and um, the producer who did my guitar work said, you got to hear this guitar piece that this guy I'm working with did. So he plays the guitar piece, and Joe says, do you, mind, do you think that dude would mind if I lay down some vocals? And <laughs> Kyle said, sure. So he put him in the vocal booth, like you were saying, and Joe did 10, 10 vocal tracks. 10. Wow. And the whole tune begin the whole tune begins at a party, and Joe's you know oh you hear the crowd at a party, and then Joe cuts out his vocals, woo, he starts singing like you would believe this high Stevie Wonder like thing, and starts cutting it, and he's making the words up called Red Hot Blues, and then uh, they brought in the, I had a backing band called the Andy Kimball Express, and this is all un- I had no idea any of this was happening. He brought in the bass player from my band and said, hey, can you lead down some bass tracks to this tune? And then Kyle was also, as I was telling you earlier, played an incredible blues harp. So he, Kyle produced this whole thing, put out a song called Red Hot Blues. It charted number four nationally in blues in 2004. And I'm listening to this thing. And, I, and, and here's the deal. Because I laid down the original guitar track, it's an Andy Kimball tune. Although I'm just a guitar player. I mean, this whole thing is all about Joe's street. Street, really his name, Joe Stone. Uh, right. But because I laid down the guitar track... I got the credit for the tune, and I was like, you know, and then what happened was a, a, a record label called Roughhouse Records uh, in Katja Hawkins. Yep. Remember Roughhouse Records? Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, of course. Nicolo, yeah, yeah. I think the guy's name is it Phil Nicolo? Am I Joe right Nicolo. by the name? I think. Joe Nicolo, yeah. Joe, there we go, there we go. Um, they called Joe in and 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 me, and, and we went in uh, for an invitation experiment. We put together a band called Men in Black, and the experiment was oh, they wanted to bring Joe, it, based on the success of this tune, mm. brought Joe in, brought a bunch of other musicians. Nobody knew each other. Invited a studio audience of about 50 people, got catering, the whole thing, and said, okay, we're going to go in recording booth and turn the record button on. You guys just play. <laughs> okay. Just what up. Yeah. And, and Joe is out there. You know, he's doing everything from Stevie Wonder to everything. He is – and I heard recently that he had passed away, and, and I, I'm like, whoa, whoa. And, you know, and yeah, and we and uh, we did a couple other tunes. We did the Sweet Home Chicago and a few – and we didn't know it was Sweet Home Chicago. They brought us in. They said, Andy, you go in the guitar room. Joe, you go in the vocal room. We're going to play records. Two of you just go at it. And I would just play guitar, and then Joe would just make up the words and whatever he felt like singing to my guitar stuff. And he comes from the world of rap music. He's a rap singer. Yes. I play, I play uh-huh. kumbaya. And they put the two of us together, <laughs> and out came these incredible tunes. And I want to do mm-hmm. that. Maybe next time they come to Philadelphia, we can, we can do that again. And maybe I'll, I'll give you a call. And it would be cool to, to do another project like that. We, you, you must know a ton of, of singers and whatever. And we just kind of go into your place, and we say, okay, guys, let's just – Andy, start strumming. Go ahead, do your thing. We'll make up wrestlers as we go along. And and you, the music that come, came out was incredible. And I still have a, a bunch of recordings. And I and I'll, maybe I'll play. You can look up the tune. It's called Red Hot Blues, and it's an Andy Kimball song. But I should get none of the credit, and 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 I get the credit because I laid out the tune. But I really yeah. should get. Yeah. I, I I'm the guitar player. You hear the awesome. song. It's all, you know, and this again went number four, a half a million downloads, a half a million downloads. And we made it up. As we, that, oh, my that God. You can just take all those elements, you know, different things and just fuse them together like that to create something so um, amazing and different. And, and ah, I, I love it. I, I get so inspired when I hear things mixed and, and you don't, don't expect a rapper to come on, on on certain tracks or whatever. And then you hear them come on. and It's like, yes, that gives it a completely different edge. I love it. I get so inspired yeah, by that. Awesome. And Kyle told me later, he said, you had no idea, and Max, you can probably relate to this, you, you have no idea of what it took, the, the hours it took to make all this happen, you know, to take your guitar, and, 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 and he came in and did 10 different vocal tracks, put a bass, and then the subsequent tunes that we did, they did it the same way. I came with my guitar, and I can't keep a beat to save my life. For, you know, you, I can't play it a click track. I just can't. You know, when I play live, I, I, I sit down and they mic my shoes on a wooden platform and I just go at it. And, <laughs> you know, I kind of rush a little bit. I slow down. I see, you know, so if you bring in a drummer after the fact and you say, OK, you, we need to lay down a drum tack to this guy. And the drummer would say, we well, speeding up. You say, what the hell? Where's the, where's the beat here? You know, and uh, so for recording engineer to bring in other musicians to put stuff down behind me after I'm, I'm long gone was has always been a challenge for people that work in. <laughs> yeah, yeah now, nowadays nowadays is no pro, it's no problem. Nowadays it, that that's that's not a problem at all. Cool. Yeah. That's a, uh, see, I love that. I just love it. I love that process. It's just, and, you know, I could go on with this forever. You know, we're supposed to be talking about music and then breaking down more news, but the heck with the news. Anyway, hey Max, do you have any news you want to talk about? <laughs> 
Uh, Welcome to the Andy Demander Show. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I, I try to stay away from the news. There's so much uh, controversy and negativity everywhere. I try to uh, stay away. Yeah. I try to stay positive. Yeah. Try to stay creative. I I I am sort of yeah. Let it happen there. Um, I don't you know. I try I not to do too much you. of that into my life. I was the same as you, darling, before I started this show. And um, thanks to Andy, I'm more exposed than ever. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this is the Andy Demander Show, folks. This is our Monday, uh, 5 o'clock somewhere, because it's 5 o'clock in the U.K., and we want to thank all of our U.K. listeners. We have a a growing uh, population. Uh, And I think I told you, Amanda, um, Friday, I think Wednesday or Friday last week, we have a new country uh, of listeners, uh, and that is Finland. I don't know much about Finland. But we, we are talking to Finland in addition to 16 other countries right now um, around the world. Incredible. And Thank you, Finland. It is incredible. Thank you. It, it, yeah. it, it is. It's absolutely amazing. The numbers are just uh, what we're doing here. So I don't know why or how it's happening, but whatever we're doing seems to be doing something. Uh, and for oh, those of you who are – yeah. Isn't it? And, and like Matt, you, <laughs> yeah, really. And you know Spotify and, and uh, iTunes and all these places where people down – Load music. Well, you can also download the Andy and Amanda show, and and uh, I think we started uh, with distribution of our show um, to a broad base of platforms in January, and there are you know many many downloads. Uh, but you can go to whatever your you know whether it be Pandora or iTunes or Spotify or Google or Chrome or Alexa or any of those programs, and just say hey Alexa or hey Google, uh, play the Andy and Amanda show, and you'll hear. Uh, Andy and Amanda, and I know you want to hear Amanda, not necessarily Andy, but you know. Oh uh, no! Come on, but, Andy! Come on! <laughs> they, they, they fast forward. They, 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 they blank me out. I keep fast forwarding to Amanda. You know, story. I mean, you don't know no. respect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> it could be the other way around, sweetheart. For all you know, <laughs> they're probably thinking that French chick. She needs to shut up. <laughs> but anyway. Oh, no. um, our guest has been uh, has been Max, uh, and again the name of your studio. And I don't want to get people, I don't want to steer people the wrong way, uh, but it's uh, your name is Max uh, Lascave, right? And your studio is Electric, Max right? Fa- no. Electric. Actually, you mentioned the Electric Factory uh, in Philadelphia a little yes. while ago, and actually my my studio is in the same building where Electric Factory used to be. So oh they got gosh. bought out by a different. Co- they got bought out by a different company. It's still a concert hall. It's called the Franklin Music uh, Hall now. Wow. But uh, but my I'm I, I, my producer name is Electric. So now people starting to call my studio Electric Factory, not that Electric so Factory, cool. but Electric Factory. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> from you, Max. But correct me if I'm wrong. What you do is what you do not because, hey, I'm just going to get this job. I'm going to do it and, 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 and make a lot of money. I'm going to become this millionaire, and, and that's, here's my idea. Uh, it's because you're an artist. You're committed. You're passionate. When you get up every day, you don't do something for a living. You are what you do for your living. When you get up every day, you get paid to be you. And, and that's the sense I get from our conversation and from your schooling and your background and, and your work in the studio. Uh, am, am I kind of on track there? Am I, am I assuming Andy, correctly? And- and you yeah and you're you're absolutely right uh uh it's if i if i if i if i wanted to if i was getting into music into music to for money it would be a wrong move completely so i'm yeah. i i do i do music because that's what i that's what i've been doing since i've been studying piano since i was 5 years old and all that so i i 
this is you don't you don't go into music for 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 money. And those people who do, they fall off almost right away. I know many yeah. people that were they were they, yeah. they got into music, they 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 would do it for two years and they turn around like, hey, uh, I've I've been you know busting my ass here and then nothing's happening and what's what's going on? I'm gonna you know I'm just gonna want something else and they they fall off. So it's you do music because you love music and that's that's because that's what you do. And that's the, that's really the only way to 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 these you know sustain yourself in music industry mm-hmm. and you know eventually get become successful is is only because you love doing it. That's the only way to do it. That's Absolutely. it. That's it. I that's agree. It. Yeah. But, but I'm sorry. I, I, you know, someday I come back to Philadelphia. You know, I'd, it'll be great to uh, to meet you someday. I apologize for not being here to greet you personally. Yeah, it must be. Um, but <laughs> but um, absolutely, it would be great. Oh my God, yes. Please come through. Hit me up. We'll, we'll you know come by the studio. We'll you know have some. I guess I don't know beers. Maybe I don't drink. Yes. But, you know. <laughs> it would be. Uh, <laughs> It would be great to do, and I want to thank you for joining our conversation today uh, on our show. It's great having you, and uh, and we will get to uh, play some of your tunes uh, this week. We'll, we'll do it. I just uh, we'll work that out, and and we'll talk, and, and we'll get that done. It'd be great to uh, to share with our audience um, what Amanda has had the opportunity to hear, and the brief time I got to hear some of what you produced, and it's great stuff, folks. And and we'll be playing and sharing really some is. of. Uh, some of his music as we as we move along here. So Max, thanks He's for joining talented. our show, and yeah. uh, we'll do this again. We look forward to it, and um, and want to wish you all the very best. And and again, thanks so much for joining uh, here on the Andy and Amanda show on the Coast to Coast program. Oh, it's been and a true be- pleasure, Max. Thank you so much, darling. Thank you very much, guys. It's been it's been a, it's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. Uh, it was an honor to be to be here. And uh, yeah, absolutely, I had a great time. Aw, thank you for, for, for letting us know, because we always worry about that. Did our guests have a good time? We really hope so. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. Thank you, guys. Yeah, really, Aww. really awesome. You're welcome. Terrific. All right, all the best. You take care. You know, I had one question to ask you. If I had to, wait, I think I got a caller coming in here. If I, do I have a caller coming in here? Wait a minute. I think I do. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. I think there's a call coming in. Um, Hold on. What's he saying? Give this man a beer. No, oh, no, yeah. wait a minute. <laughs> You get to own a beer. This should be on our show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. But anyway, um, no, really, Max, thanks again, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch, and all, all the very best. Awesome, guys. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you, much. Thank you, Peter. You take care. Be safe. Take care. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. So, Amanda, my love, yes, you had darling. a good weekend. So good. So that was a fun conversation. I really enjoyed uh, – really enjoyed – you know, that was uh, always fun. And sometimes I guess we get carried away and we start talking music and production and uh, because that's kind of, you know, I said early on before you uh, you, uh, you you came onto the program today that, uh, you know, we have somebody in music biz, somebody's produced music and so forth that's exciting to us because that's kind of what our real jobs are. And, uh, you know, we, we, we have people on the show from all walks of life and we, we it's, it's great to be able to do. But when somebody comes Absolutely. in from the... Uh, from the music biz, it's kind of uh, yeah. really cool, and and even though there's a whole oh, bunch yeah. of news I want to, so um, there's a whole bunch of things I want to touch on. Others news that I'm sure you want to touch on too, but we're winding down now with a couple yeah. minutes left of our show. So I'll pick up the conversation on 
on Wednesday, uh, and of course this show will be repeated uh, several times today and Tuesday, tomorrow, the 6th of April. Do you believe it's April already? Is that unbelievable? I know, right? It's gone so quick. Yeah. Really yes, really, really unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Although not quick enough because I got a hair appointment on the 19th. I've been waiting to get my hair cut for so long. It's a lockdown. <laughs> oh, send I'm me like... a picture. I want a picture. you got to send me a picture. I want a picture. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, uh, sure. um, yeah, I definitely want a picture. Um, uh, I've got you know something because uh, you what? you have pictures of me because like, you, you you do all the artwork for our show. I haven't had a haircut in over a year. Oh wow, a year! I've been taking a shower in a year and a half. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> oh, you're you're uh, you seem to be um. <laughs> Um, you seem to be, uh, I don't know, cleaned. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we meet. I know, right? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was trying to think of the right words to express it. <laughs> no, man, no, go for clean. Go for clean. <laughs> you know, it's thin. You know, um, y- y- you know, but in order to, um, you know, yeah, it's been yeah. a long time. I figured when COVID when COVID hit that I wasn't going to do a damn thing, and you know, I'd be walking down the street, and you know, uh, <laughs> you're adoring fans. <laughs> well, if you're that, or they're running away from me. I I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> <And>, you know. <laughs> Yes, um, but anyway, uh, no, I haven't had a haircut in 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 you know in over a year, and it's cool, you know. It's it's uh, maybe we'll, we'll get a haircut on the Andy and Amanda show. Andy and Amanda, I did it again. The Andy and Amanda show. <laughs> the Andy and Amanda show. God. I also happen to call him a lightweight. Okay, and I have- yeah. See, I know you know yeah. I'm trying. It's okay, Andy. I, you know, all is forgiven, darling. Oh, God. Who am I? Why am I here? I don't know. Very valid mm. question. So I guess, um, oh, I guess we need to go. Uh, as much yeah. as we, we've been waiting for this moment. All show. No, we. No, so, no, we. <laughs> 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 They're not um, meant to know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really, you know, but we are, as we always say, uh, you know, we are. We are executing uh, on our plan. Yes, we are. So, Amanda, take us home, my love. Okay, on behalf of Andy Kimball in California, Hollywood, myself, Amanda Love, in somewhere in the UK, um, thanks for being with us for another show, and thanks, Max, for coming on and expressing all about the music industry. Join us on Wednesday for another show, and uh, that's if you want to. You may be bored of us by then, but uh, we hope you come back, so we love you. <laughs> you bet. See you next time, folks. All the best, and thanks for listening. Bye-bye now. Bye.